0: Today, climate change is having an impact on you. And today you need to think about your adaptation and sustainability. If you're being driven to it from a compliance perspective, you'll come to it with a compliance attitude. But if your customer expects you to do this, that's why they buy your product or why they came to you as a brand. Well, then you have an obligation to maintain that and be as transparent as you can because it's part of your brand.
1: Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. You just heard Renee Murphy, Principal Analyst at Forrester, explain how environmentally responsible practices are becoming an essential part of a company's brand and a key consideration among customers. Here, Esri CMO, Mariana Cantor, investigate what kinds of technologies, analytics and strategies are helping leading companies improve resiliency and sustainability in the face of systemic risks such as climate change.
2: Hi, Renee, and welcome to the ESRI and the Science Aware podcast.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be
2: here. Thank you so much. Well, I'd like to start with one of the most pressing issues of today, and that is the environment. For the first time, the World Economic Forum Global Risks Report, which regularly identifies the most serious risks the world will face over the next decade, ranked environment in their top five risks. So, I would say that that's pretty remarkable progression over the last 50 years. Has this growing consensus around environmental threat been developing gradually? Or have there been like some specific developments or events or maybe new research that has accelerated this understanding? For me, it's this idea that we're
0: able to bring together data for the first time. I think what made a difference in people's minds when it came to climate change was the idea that I could see myself as part of that change, right? That idea that um, if I show you what eight-foot floodwaters look like, if I show you that on the Weather Channel, you will leave. Right? And you will understand what eight foot looks like and why that's such a problem for climate change, right? So part of it is in um, how we see the data. Every year I download 50 10 Ks from the Fortune 500 and I, I categorize their risks to see what's on their mind. For the last maybe seven years, I can tell you, it crept up and crept up until it was finally in the top 10, like maybe three years ago. And now it's creeping up at the seven mark, at the six mark, It's being driven by customers. It's being driven by uh, the business roundtable. It's being driven by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And if you think about it in the U.S., the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is the largest lobbying um, thing in the world. If they didn't want something to happen, if they didn't want climate change to be adopted, it wouldn't be. And, And I mean this like, in all seriousness, it wouldn't be. And they're coming around saying, no, 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 we need to do something because if we don't, we can't, we can't protect the retail supply chains. We can't protect the food supply chains. All of that goes back to, you can't shop in stores and you can't go out to eat. And so everybody understands where we're at with this.
2: You've co-authored last year, a seminal Forrester Wave report on climate risk in business. What were your key findings? And was there anything that surprised you about The learnings of this research, what kinds of things that you didn't expect?
0: What I found was a couple of things. Um, The really established players in the space weren't really adapting technology. So you could get a 50-page report from somebody and it'll tell you, you are gonna be under snow and heat for like ever. You need to do something about it. Good luck with that, right? But what we were having problem with was finding the software that could tell me day-to-day what what the compelling answer is to the question, right? Because human beings, they're bad at existential risk. Like you're probably more worried that the plane's gonna crash then you're going to die of heart disease, but it's more likely that you're going to die of heart disease than you will dying in a plane crash, right? And so it's that existential threat that you're not paying attention to. In risk management, we call them gray rhinos. They're just kind of there. We kind of decorate around them, but by the time that rhino turns around and looks at me, it's over. I'm dead right? And so I can live with that gray rhino for as long as I want, but eventually it's going to turn around and look at me. Climate change for me was the gray rhino. What I'm trying to figure out in my research this year is what can I do to bring that home to you every single day? Can I include it in your security um, maturity model? Can I include it in your marketing maturity models? Can I include it in our um, corporate social responsibility and corporate social values um, stuff? Yes, of course. That's how we're going to bring it home to you every day. Because if I can't make you understand that today, climate change is having an impact on you. And today you need to think about your adaptation and sustainability, not by 2030. So I'm going to be spending some time talking to the fortune 500 who are really good at this. And, and then some folks who it's just not even on their radar yet and try to figure out where the disconnect is between the two. Because for me, it's addressing this risk every single day brings us to an idea that we're a risk-based organization that is steeped in our sustainability and adaptation. Those things go together. And so I'm looking forward to this year. We'll continue to put out the research about what tools you can buy and who does what, but the part that's really interesting to me is how do I get it out of your head that the plane isn't going to crash, you're going to die of heart disease.
2: This is exactly where I actually wanted to take a conversation because I wanted to ask you to illustrate how these extreme weather events and environmental damage caused by human, you know, activity, biodiversity loss, Etc. cetera, these natural disasters, they all seem abstract notions and isolated events. I want to get sort of a little bit of a preview into your thought process, why these risks are real, how they pose real economic health, security, and even brand risks for uh, businesses. Yeah. So I
0: always go back and I think about big box retailers. Walmart had meteorologists on staff and they had them on staff for a reason that if they were um, sending trucks back and forth across the country, they wanted to know in tornado alley if they had to reroute those trucks because there was a tornado there, there was one forming. There's a lot of stuff they had to think about. And they had a lot of lessons learned from Hurricane Katrina, too. So when I look at those folks, the big box retailers, the business to consumer pharmacy companies and stuff like that, it's real for you. It's real. Hurricane Sandy was real. That Hurricane Katrina was real. The fires in, um, in Colorado where the HP data center had to be evacuated, that stuff's real, right? And you may not connect it because your organization wasn't hit by all three at the same time, so it didn't seem all that catastrophic. But learning to deal with that incident in crisis management is not adaptation. And I think that's where we get stuck. We're really good at crisis management yeah, but you're not good at managing quality or risk. You're really good at managing the crisis that occurred because those two things are weak, right? So like I go back to that idea, right? That if we start really thinking about this and we
2: do it every single day, we're gonna, we're gonna realize that the impacts on us are real. If you think of Fortune 1000, what portion, and it might be a complete guess, what portion of these companies actually get it and are proactively doing something about it?
0: So I would say by industry, I might have 10% of them being like, you know, yeah, I'm all in, right? So when you look at that, you you think to yourself, like, um, who is the real visionary in each of those industries? Who in the industry is going to change everybody else? Who in banking is going to change everybody else? Who, like AWS and Azure, which one of them is going to change and it'll force the the other one to change, right? I think that's what I'm more after. When I look at banking, I think it's JPMorgan Chase that's going to make that pivot. And I, I need you to know how crazy that is. This is the bank who said, we're going down with with coal, we're going to go like we will lend them money as long as they want to pay exorbitant rates of, of interest. Right. We'll, well, we'll give them money. We don't care. Well, they now care. They're not going to give them any money anymore. They're divesting of all of that stuff. They know it's going to end up being stranded assets. So who are those folks and will the rest of us follow? Those are the J.P. Morgan Chases and the, you know, the BPs and I, the rest of us will follow. Um, and I also think in the United States, you know, we're just back into the Paris Climate Accord, So we don't know what any of that was like. I think uh, critical infrastructure is about to get hit with a rude awakening. Imagine just having to say what your carbon footprint is. I don't know many people who would know where to start.
2: So it seems, as we're discussing, that there's pretty much no part of a company's sort of sustainable future, if you will, that is not potentially impacted by these types of risks. So what strategies does an organization begin to pursue to break down the problems and begin to address them?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really into um, journeys lately. So um, I would actually try to figure out um, what's my product journey? From the time it's incepted until the time it's delivered to the customer, where does it go? What does it do? What does it touch? Um, And then from there, I can say, um, this is the carbon footprint of, I don't know, a Big Mac if I were a McDonald's, right? Like I could figure out what the carbon output of that is. And then I can say, well, okay, let's go look at the more important lines of business and see what those are. I'm, I'm a former auditor. I can't manage what I don't measure right? So um, I'm going to try to measure as much of this as I can. And then I'm going to take that and I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to say, based on this, these are the kind of tools I'm going to need. This is the kind of um, processes I'm going to have to create. And these are the kind of artifacts I want to drive in order to facilitate this change. I don't think you do it just to do it. I think you do it because you're being driven to it. If you're being driven to it from a compliance perspective, you'll come to it with a compliance attitude. But if you come at it from a customer um, experience perspective, and your customer expects you to do this, your customer, you know, that's why they buy your product or why they came to you as a brand, well, then you have an obligation to maintain that and be as transparent as you can because it's part of your brand. There's a paper company. They make like paper cups and stuff, and they do sustainable forestry. They can tell you to the acre where your cup came from. They want to get it down to the tree to prove to you, this tree may have been taken to make your cup, but here's the 10 trees we put in its place. And one day it will be a cup, right? Like, so like, I think it's that kind of stuff. When the brand's driving you to that, those are my
2: leaders because customers aren't putting up with it and they're not going to put up with it much more. Let's talk more about what can be done. What, what are some of the technologies that can help? Uh, and given the enormity and the complexity and the globality of climate crisis, and by the way, not unlike the COVID crisis, so what tools are at the forefront and are already helping? I mean, it all comes down to,
0: you know, I ignored it as long as I can and I can't ignore it anymore. It's starting to impact me on it. Not one in a hundred years, but one in 25 years. Um, And so, you know, if we still want to be around as a brand, we have to do the right thing for me. Like that's, that's part of what's driving all that. And, um, and software helps you understand, you know, what that's going to look like, what you should be preparing for now, um, how you can uh, address that as we go forward, Um, stuff that the software that tells you what's going on right now, situation awareness kind of stuff, that stuff comes into play. If you have lots of trucks, or you have um, lots of events, or you have lots of stores, Um, you know, the, the folks who come out and do 100 year or 150 year studies for you, um, that's important just because you have a workforce. And I think once we start having those conversations and you say, play that all the way out. Let's say, let's say we were, we were being over optimistic. Let's do the, the risk scenario on what it means if that happened tomorrow. Cause I got to tell you this whole COVID thing showed me that no one's business continuity program thought about the customer, not one. Right. And so if you think about it, the, the customer is the first thing I should have thought of. What if the customer can't shop in the store? No one ever thought about that. It was what if the employees can't get there? What if we, the, you know the the, um, the 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 cash registers go down? What if someone calls in sick? We never thought what if the customer can't come to the building, right? And so part of me feels like we've been unimaginative in how we think about risk it's going to matter for three reasons, because your customers care, your government expects you to do it, um, and you're going to find that it's just going to be cheaper. And if you're someone like BP, you take all that into consideration and you look at your future and you say, listen, we can be a force for good and change, or we cannot." They're no longer oil and gas. You know, they're clean energy. So if you are a retailer, um, you're probably looking for crisis management as part of your resiliency, right? And you're probably looking to bring in data. So that's probably current weather data because you'd wanna know um, from a situational and crisis management perspective, kind of what's going on. Tell people not to come to work, tell people to come to work. Um, you know, All of that stuff I think goes into that. We learned the hard way after 9-11 that um, the whole central office for that part of Manhattan was in the at t data center at the bottom of one of those towers. And the tools go into that, right? The situational awareness tools, the crisis management tools, the um, the response tools, the um, Uh, the predictive analytics that tell me what it's going to look like in the future. I mean, all of that stuff comes to play when we're making business decisions. It's like, it's time to quit ignoring it though. I think we were making business decisions being like, it's an act of God. It's an act of God. If it happens, who knew that was coming? No, you've known for 100 years it was coming. And that brings me to fate Europe is facing right now. So Europe is facing the idea that your central bank, the European Central Bank, has decided there is no such thing as a green swan. Meaning that if you have an event that's climate related, it's not force majeure. It is not an act of God. You don't get to say that and you don't get, you know, that you, that's it. You're done. Whatever losses are yours. Don't look to the European Central Bank to be your bank of last
2: resort in a climate crisis because they won't give it to you. And, I, and they've made that clear since 2017. As we're talking about different types of software and technology tools, how would you say location technology, location intelligence, geospatial tools help companies understand and deal with these risks?
0: So I think the people who adopt those tools understand risk and understand opportunity. Cause I don't think it's all about risk. If you adopt tools, there's data that you want to know and you're using it to manage risk and you're using it to manage risk better. You may not put it that way. And you may think that what you're doing is like, uh, you know, operational efficiencies or gaining insights into more things you want to do. Like you see it as a different part of the business but I would argue that that data is telling me a bunch of likelihood and impact stuff related to risk. And I think like that kind of stuff when you pair that with predictive analytics. So this is who we are, this is what we do. Um, Um, let's project out the next 15 years, assuming nothing changes and tell me what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a planet that is this much hotter, um, flood zones that are now, you know, lakes near me. Like you you can look at all of that and say, okay, well, maybe it's time to think about places where that's not happening and think about, you know, what we could do to relocate there and think about, or, um, what do we do to stay where we're at and aid to the pro be, be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Right. Um, you know, I don't see, I don't see Apple picking up its stakes and moving. To Antarctica anytime soon. I think they would try really hard to be a good citizen of the state of California. I think that would be part of their strategy, right? Um, and so the predictive analytics piece of it, it's everything, That's Every, what weather is. And when you look at advanced processing, data processing, data export, visualization, threat modeling, Um, And then throw in some professional services because you can't get there by yourself. Um, So people like me are the people using these platforms. People like me are the ones that have to try to make sense out of this. So that's where analytics, the risk analytics comes in. And it has to be for, you know, just to be taken on by the industry. It has to be consumable. It has to be readable. It has to make sense to someone like me not my mom but me um and i think that that's really important and so what the analytics is telling me is what's the likelihood and impact of an incident in the future that's all i do all day that's literally all i do all day what is the likelihood and impact of x well this is telling me the likelihood and impact of everything related to climate and since it's one of our pillars and it's something we care about in corporate social responsibility making the investment in software seems like the way to go because at least we could be transparent with our investors our board and our customers
2: In your Forrester report on climate risk, you named visualization as a linchpin capability. Why is that so important?
0: We need to know if you can create dynamic reporting out of the data you're looking at, right? If you show me what you show to the meteorologist at NOAA, I can't help you with that. But if you give me a map and you show me, here's where you are, here's where this weather system is, here's all the roads that are going to be impacted on that, and here's where your final destination is. And so you're going to drive through that. And um, already you're behind schedule. So um, maybe there's a chance to reroute that, send it off to that person who's actually driving that truck so they know to reroute. I think that's the kind of stuff where real visualization matters, right? If I want to make it operational, again, it needs to speak to me. I'll say this about any risk platform though. If it doesn't speak to me, why am I using it? Like, I'm going to misinterpret it. I'm going to get it all wrong. But in a visualization, it's just much easier to deal with. And listen, when we're talking about that level of data, we're talking about tons and tons and tons and tons of data. Um, The only way to make any sense of it is through visualization. If I want to know more, I can drill down. But looking at it from the top is the only way to make sense of it. Visualization tells a, a story that the data never will. And that story has to be compelling. And it has to make executive management move. Right. It, it has to tell the story that makes them move. If I can't get good visualization out of
2: the tools, then why did I buy it? Is it a question of resources or can a company of any size develop the right plan?
0: A company of any size can develop the right plan and they should. Right. I mean, if you are um, a widget producer for um, the federal government, um, you're going to have to meet climate requirements. If you are a clothing manufacturer um, and you have supply chains that come from other parts of the world, you're going to have to deal with that. What are you doing to look at sustainability and climate change as you're deciding how to come back to the office? Like, think about that. It's bringing it right home look at how far people have to come, figure out if whether or not they take public transportation, if they don't take public transportation and they come a long way, let them stay home and work. Like that's crazy. Right? So I think when you look at that, like, this is the perfect time, perfect time, as we're thinking about coming back and what that means to talk about your carbon footprint, what the employees cost you in that and how you could mitigate that right out of the gate before we even come back by leaving some of them at home. There's no better time than the present. What other big
2: sort of shifts are you seeing and predicting?
0: Um, I, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time talking about systemic risk this year like the, the kind of risks that have cascading impacts across the organization and one of those seven risks for me is climate um, you know it impacts customers it impacts supply chains it impacts businesses like we really do have to think about that but other stuff is systemic risk related to concentration. You have all your buildings are in one place or all your data is one place or all your customers are in one place. So that becomes a problem. You know, we're looking at how do how do industries adapt to this? Like, how does the airline industry adapt to this? If, is it everything other than the planes are you know going to be green? Because, you know, you can't run a jet engine on solar. You can't. You, they're going to have to use oil and gas. Um, There's a lot for industry to figure out along with government to figure out how we're going to do this. Is it going to be trains from state to state, like within the state? And if I want to go across the country, that's when I engage a plane? Because if that's it, we have a lot of stuff to do in our train infrastructure. And I think that um, as we look toward um, what this is going to be like over the next 10 years, there's not one or or 20 years, there's not one part of it you can't pay attention to. There's not one part of it that isn't going to impact your bottom line. There's not one part of it that's not going to make your customer experience worse, your employee experience worse your brand worse right it's time to start thinking about the convenience is gone like millennials don't care about that they care more about these other things right and so I think they're going to they're going to be part of what drives us to that that next level of understanding of our environment um, and I think that um, having all the government data back and having NOAA reengaged and having NASA reengaged on all that stuff is going to just give it momentum that it hasn't had over the last few years.
2: Renee, it's such a pleasure to talk to such an informed and optimistic <laughs> and enthusiastic leader in this space. So thank you so very much. It's been a, a really great discussion. Mariana,
0: thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Renee Murphy for explaining how businesses use location intelligence technology and data visualization to understand and manage risk in their operations. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to rate Esri and the Science of Weird podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about how location intelligence enables digital transformation and drives growth, visit esri.com forward slash DX.